You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Now, as I record this intro today, the Mets are winning 5-1 to one in the top of the sixth inning, looking like a routine victory as Carlos Carrasco is currently dealing in the Mets lineup has been rolling as usual. I'll talk about this game a bit on tomorrow's show, but for today, I was joined by the host of Locked On Padres, Javi Reyes, a really fun crossover show. In the first segment, we talk about the trade that almost was that would have sent Eric Hosburn to the Mets and Dom Smith to the Padres. In the second segment, we talk about the value of a $300 million player as Manny Machado and Francisco Lindor have been a huge part of why these two teams have been so successful this year. And then we'll close out the show today talking about the Dodgers. What do each of these teams have to do to be able to compete with that juggernaut come October? A lot of great stuff on this crossover edition of Locked On Mets. But before we get to any of that, I'm your host, Ryan Ficklestein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. For today's Tuesday show, I am joined by the wonderful Javi Reyes of Locked On Padres, and we're going to talk about this NL matchup. Uh, first of all, you excited to watch uh, the Mets play some baseball? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm thrilled to watch the Mets play baseball. As you know, the team that I watch quite a lot. I, 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 I do. I do. What can I say? It's been really easy living in my household this year because my parents, big New York, I, I call them like New York bigamists. They're cool with any New York team winning. They just need New York to win. Jets, Giants, whatever. Mets, Yankees, right? Uh, easy because then I'll just have my computer on the side watching the Padres game where we have on the main TV. And your team has been awesome. Really fun to watch. Uh, the Yankees have the best pitch story in baseball in a lot of ways and the rad as always as predicted by yours truly i have not been wrong about one thing in this season whatsoever (laughs) that's that's kind of how i feel at times too uh although i don't know if you're entirely serious about having uh everything right i think the one thing that i think you might uh be a little bit um off on would be uh, a player that used to not refer to his name at all and the last time that we Hmm. were talking about doing a crossover uh, you were kind of jumping the gun wanting to talk about a trade that just didn't quite happen as Eric Hosmer uh, would not become a Met, yet he went on to carry the Padres to the first part of the season. And Dom Smith, who you would have got back, is in AAA right now. Uh, so interesting how that trade broke down. It was supposed to be Chris Paddock, Eric Hosmer coming back to the Mets. Chris Paddock went to the Twins. Now Chris Paddock had Tommy John surgery. That's one of the more fascinating trades that didn't come together, but I am curious mm-hmm. how you've processed this Eric Hosmer season because I I'm looking at this team and even if Hosmer is bad the rest of the year, what he gave you in April is I think more than anyone could have expected for the entire season. He had like 380 or something nuts. 
Yeah, he hit 389 with a 457 on base, 597 slugging, to be exact. Uh, it is so funny in so many ways, everything to deal with that man. Uh, first of all, that you're like, well, at least you got a month. Like, that's where we're at right now, where we were like, all right, this is a great month. And I, I bring up a lot that with his ground ball to fly ball ratio and all that sort of stuff. The one thing that he did do better his first month was hit better against lefties, which was nice. Um, but for the most part, considering he's not a fast player, uh, guys with his ratio usually aren't going to be able to keep it up unless a significant very, very significant changes made, and uh, he's kind of fallen off ever since. And I've continue to not say his name, uh, because I need more than that. He's still, you know, we're just hoping he's a two war at this point, right? Like, that's what we're hoping from this guy. And I mean, he gave us a good month, you're right. <laughs> I mean, straight up, like, he did give us a good month, uh, and you're right. That also, I was wrong about the trade, I did message uh, for the listeners, viewers. Uh, I did message Mr. Ryan Finkelstein as the rumors were coming out. Chris Paddock, Dom Smith, Emilio Pagan. I think I forgot if Ryan Weathers was involved in the trade, too. I think he might have been. I don't remember for sure. Uh, and Chris Paddock, you know, a swap. You give us Dom Smith. Oh, I was all in. I was all in. I'll take a flyer on Dom Smith. Why not? Who cares? And unfortunately, I think someone finally got to got to your owner, Mr. Cohen, and stopped him before he could push the, push the button on that one. <laughs> I, I I I like to think it was partially me screaming out on Twitter and all of us just kind of uh, Mets fans <laughs> in general. I, I don't think I've seen a more visceral reaction to a trade just rumor than that. I do think the Mets do that sometimes. <laughs> I think they they leak it out and they just mm. kind of gauge what happens. They're like, oh my god, okay, never mind, never mind, never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we take it back. We, we I guess Dom has a lot of fans and no one wants this Hosmer contract. I, I think it is uh, one of the things that I talked about on my show this year is. Uh, kind of gauging expectations in the production mm -hmm. you get. So like a Tyler Miguel came into the season as your six starter before Jacob DeGrom mm -hmm. goes down yeah. and he pitches like an ace in April. And I said, honestly, if they get nothing else from Tyler McGill this season, I think they're fine. And I really do think that the expectations for Eric Hosmer have gotten to a point where they were so low that that's all that really matters. You had a month. A month, a month. He 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 was like an MVP candidate for a month, and and the Padres got off to a fast start with him. Um, and, and now you know what? If you get to tease back in the second half, and and they're able to carry it, and he's just, uh, I guess your your starting first baseman that's able to, uh, provide a little bit, I guess, defensively. Even though I think that has kind of gone downhill in his, his later years mm -hmm. as well. Um, yeah, this Padres team is is fascinating, and, and I think what I want to transition to talk about here. Uh, as Manny Machado, because I think he is, mm -hmm. in my opinion, uh, you know, leading the pack right now when it comes to the MVP uh, race. But is there another player that has stood out at all on this team other than Machado? Uh, definitely a bunch. I mean, a bunch have stood out for the team. But really quickly, because I know my listeners will love for me to just quickly mention, yes, uh, the Padres have been on the bad side of rumors basically since the Max Scherzer ordeal before yeah. you can make the joke, I'm going to bring that up. Uh, they've been rumored to be close on players for like every single month. And then this deal was the latest. It sounded like they had it, man. Like I remember messaging you being like, I really dude, It really does what, what sound like it. And then, <laughs> and then there was a pause. You didn't get the pass the notification. And I was like, Oh no, this is how it happened last time. <laughs> I can't believe they got me this time. Uh, but yeah, in terms of just other players who have been, uh, just unbelievable for the Padres. I mean, Mackenzie Gore. And that's where I mentioned it facetiously at the beginning. That I've been right about everything. What I have been right about 
is Mackenzie Gore. Everyone type in Madame Zeroni on Twitter, making my reference to the hit movie holes. I said, do not trade this man. I really do feel like it would curse them because, you know, I'm not a super prospect guy, but I just thought, I don't remember the last time a guy goes from the top pitching prospect to outside the top 100 of almost every major, you know, prospect analysis website. I just, why, why are we going to trade that guy? I just didn't want to, you're selling so low at that point, right? That's all. We had a couple bad months and whatnot, really bad months, but nonetheless, they kept him. They hung on. I remember Joey Gallo being a rumor. I remember CJ Abrams for Joey Gallo being a rumor. Do I want to live in that timeline? This is like that, you know, in a community when there's, yes. this, there's the darkest timeline, yes. the darkest timeline, we're like at number five. Or, or like four and a half because Tatis got hurt in this timeline, right? They have missed on all these trades. Ty France looks awesome in Seattle. The darkest, darkest timeline is where they trade uh, Mackenzie Gore for Joey Gallo, who's doing exactly what he's doing for the Yankees. And I maybe quit the podcast and then I'm just done. Like if That would have been like, that would have been awful. So uh, yeah, I mean, he's been the biggest one though, out of all the the players to step up he's probably at this rate if he keeps it up going to be the National League rookie of the year and then you've got guys like um what's the name obviously you have Manny Machado and then you have the rest of starting pitching which has been solid which I think a lot of people expected and then decent contributions from Hassan Kim who's been a really good defensive player he was last year doing a little bit better with the bat and then you've got guys like Profar with situational hitting I swear that guy gets RPIs like it's nothing <laughs> uh but yeah that's basically been the the, the main gist of the Padres is they're able to kind of produce with what they have when they need to. I'll tell you, when it comes to the darkest timeline for the Mets, anything involving Jeff Wilpon beyond uh, 2020 <laughs> would have been the darkest timeline. So we have avoided all of that. And you, since you mentioned Profar, uh, I am going to be writing uh, the way too early MVP uh, winners for just baseball and part of my case on Manny great Machado website. is, it is a great, great website. Part of my case on Manny Machado is that Jerks and Profire is the only position player on the Padres with a war over one right now. And that's why I think he stands out above the other two candidates. I want to talk about that more in just a minute. But this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local channel parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure the often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts in their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry, when instead you can go to rockout.com and save 30%, 50%, maybe even 100% more for the exact same amount of parts from a chain store or a car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business that has been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer, so go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockout.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and when you're there, right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Now, I want to switch gears or uh, continue on what we were talking about as far as Manny Machado goes. Uh, right now, the, the to, to spoil my article, my three finalists were Paul Goldschmidt, uh, Mookie Betts, and Manny Machado. And I, I think there's a, a statistical argument for all of them. But what stands out to me is Machado doesn't have a Robin right now. Uh, the same mm -hmm. way that, that uh, a Mookie Betts has two of them. 
and Freddie Freeman and Trey Turner and Goldschmidt has Nolan Arenado and even Tommy Edmond. So I, I think to me, that's what pushes him above everybody right now is that he really has been kind of a one man offensive show. And here's this team in the Padres. That's only a couple games back of the Dodgers as we're recording this. Yeah, we're getting we're breaching very closely to my mom's just walk him theory, which is her yeah. theory in baseball that you simply walk the good player every time. Uh, a theory that I think she's been right about when it comes to like there's been some years with the Angels with Mike Trout where my mom was like, I don't understand why they don't just walk him literally every time. There's nobody on that team. With the Padres, they're very close into the just walk him theory uh, with Manny Machado, and I, I that's the same thing I've been saying uh, for for my podcast as well. Um, Ryan, it's just that heading into the season, you know, Tatis is out. You literally, you couldn't just have what he did last year, which is like a three and a half, four war player, which is good. Don't get me wrong. But like, you couldn't just be a 270, 280 hitter, 340 on base. He got you like 28 home runs. No, you didn't need that. You needed like an MVP quality season. And for you to know that that's what you need and to head into the season and accomplish that. That I mean, that just speaks volumes to how Machado's season has been. Been good on. Obviously, he's been a great defender for his whole career. And with Betts, I'm just kind of of the opinion that first of all, Mookie Betts for some reason timing his great season with Manny Machado's great seasons. By the way, in 2020, he did the same thing. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. what's going on here? This is this is ridiculous. Uh, Mookie Betts has been a monster and continually makes the Red Sox look like bozos every single day, which I do appreciate as a hater of Boston. But for me, it's kind of like how I felt about the Golden State Warriors and the NBA when they had Kevin Durant. I don't give a damn how well Kevin Durant played. I don't believe in this whole, oh, he outplayed LeBron in the finals. It's Nah, bro, he's got like three unbelievable superstars next to him. Like this isn't, so for me, it's just, I know Betts has been great, but it's just hard for me to believe that the Dodgers are in as bad of a shape considering that they literally signed Freddie Freeman in the offseason. Yeah. They traded for Trey Turner. And Oh, by the way, their worst player won an MVP before and Cody Bellinger like th- this. I just refuse to believe that. And with Goldschmidt, I honestly, I have no counter for Goldschmidt because in fairness, the Cardinals offense secretly, not necessarily as deep as maybe uh, we've come to expect, but even still they've got Tommy Edmond and Nolan Arenado, you know, they- they've got some stuff over there in St. Louis, but, uh, yeah, that's just kind of my whole thoughts on it. Goldschmidt has been very quietly pretty amazing this season. He has been, particularly since the calendar turned to May. I mean, his stats have been ridiculous. But I think the one thing that I, that can be a common thread with the Mets and the Padres mm-hmm. is at times I would say that even though Machado probably not as much as Lindor, there has been this buyer's remorse on are these $300 million contracts mm. worth it? And mm-hmm. I think that both of these players this year have proven – that yes, getting a guy that can be a top five player in the league, do that whenever you can, because that can carry you to a great season. Mm-hmm. And I think with Francisco Lindor, we're seeing that. I know you're a huge Lindor fan. Yes, I mean, <laughs> people just writing this guy off after one year. And now you look up and what is he doing? The same thing he did in Cleveland. He's topping almost all the leaderboards when it comes to shortstop uh, offensively, defensively. I know he got off to a slow start and he had made like four errors in his first 26 games. I was looking at it today. He's up in the 80th percentile and outs above average again. He hasn't made an error in a month. He's back to being the same guy he always has been defensively and offensively. He's been great this year. Uh, I think that we're seeing these are the types of players you need to win a division. Yeah, and I think with errors, it's such a good 
indicator of how that could just be like a weird the errors are almost like the slump of defense yeah. right where it's just there's a lot of guys everybody thinks that tatis is the worst defensive player in baseball because he had like an unbelievable stretch in fairness of like 18 <laughs> errors in like two yeah. weeks it was incredible i've never seen anything like it but then at the end of the season outs above average he was fine he was a little bit slightly above average nobody talked about Corey seager right Corey seager was infinitely worse but nobody talked about it, right? Because you didn't see the the unbelievable, you know, highlight reel of errors, right? And with Endor, I think it's kind of right. I just don't think that defense, that's the only way to base it off of. It's just it just happens sometimes. And yeah, with Lindor, his offense is something that a lot of people have had questions with, right? Because last year, I mean, he just he just wasn't doing it. He had that one Yankees game, which was yeah. lit, by the way. I saw that. <laughs> I was watching it live. I was losing my mind uh, with the three home run game. But my thing with the $300 million player is always this. And that's that if people were concerned, say for the Padres, where they had never really spent money like that before. When you look at their franchise history, this was kind of a changing of the way they did things. I understand being a little bit concerned there, but in general, when you look at who wins titles, when you look at who wins championships, it's not the Kansas City Royals, guys. Those teams make runs, don't get me wrong, but they hide behind this facade of being competitive instead of doing the extra umph to go for it, which is why this year, and I'm going to say it again, the Milwaukee Brewers are the team that I hate in baseball right now. Because, yeah, they're going to be great. They're going to win like 94, 95 games. They're going to have great pitching, and then they'll get whacked in the playoffs, and then they're going to make a trade for Andrew Benatendi in the offseason. That'll be their big addition. And it'd be like, well, they upgraded. Yeah, cool. You know what else you could have done? You could have signed Freddie Freeman. Or, God forbid, just talk to him, right? Yeah. Just why am I not getting a report that you have the worst first baseman in the NL? Or uh, one of the worst. I don't want to, you know, offend uh, the Padres listeners. Why am I not hearing that you at least are talking to the guy, the number one available player at the position that you need when you already have all this other stuff? And yes, I looked it up. Burns, Peralta, Lauer. And who the heck else do they have? Woodruff. None of them were even like close to entering free agency uh, this offseason. So that's just my thing when it comes to these expensive players is look at it that way. It's harder when you're constrained with your financials, when you spend so much money on these guys and they don't quite buy up to 30 million a year. But it's even harder when you don't even have that player to begin with. Yeah. And I, the bottom line is you need those players on both sides. You can't just get by on great pitching. Great pitching can carry you pretty far. The Brewers have mm -hmm. proven that, but I mean, basically they banked on Christian Yelich turning back the clock and yeah. there's been nothing over the past couple of years that have given us evidence that he can do that. And so, yeah, I think that what the Padres have shown us recently as like it or not, they're swinging. <laughs> AJ Preller is making moves. They're, they're going to try stuff. The oh, Mets yeah. now with Steve Cohen are, are one of those franchises as well that is going to be in the mix for things. And I just saw the Mets face off against the Dodgers. That's obviously your oh, yeah. arch rival. You got to compete in the division with them, but that's the class of the National League. I don't think anybody can get a team on paper that's going to match a, a team that's able to just casually add Freddie Freeman and, and Trey Turner yeah. in 18 months and uh, or even, I guess, probably less time than in a year. Mm -hmm on a calendar year and, and figure it out. But uh, especially after adding best before that, I want to talk a bit in a second here about what the Mets and the Padres can do to try to compete with the Dodgers this season at the deadline. But first, why don't you tell us about uh, some built bars? I know they have the new caramel brownie out. I'm excited to hear a little bit more about what built bar has uh, this time of the month. 
Oh, yeah. Let me tell you, Ryan. All right. Listen up. Okay. Don't you love a chewy chocolatey brownie? What about a caramel yeah. brownie with caramel swirled on top? How about that? Wow. It sounds great, right? Just making you all hungry. I know you. I know you. You, you pizza man. You big man. You love your, your the good food. You're a man of taste is basically what I'm trying to say. I've known I this am. for a long time. Ryan is a man of taste in more ways than one that we can't discuss on air. But um, <laughs> you're in luck, everybody, because caramel brownie bars are available at built.com right now and you gotta act fast because they're a fan favorite and forget about dessert and whatnot check out the macros on these things 130 calories 17 grams of protein that's right 17 grams of protein and only four grams of sugar that replaces all your dessert needs right there you want a regular brownie no 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 no. i want you to get the caramel brownie bar from built.com guys that's what you have to do and because you're listening to this podcast you can go to built.com and i got a deal for you use the promo code locked 15 and you get 15% off your order. Remember that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Now, I'm just realizing I forgot to mention the Robinson Cano experience. We we both have enjoyed oh, that yeah. this year. Did, is Cano officially cut? I forgot. Did he, they officially let him go? Yeah, yeah they cut yeah. him and they called up Brent Rooker for half a second. Until then, they called up – or not called up. They um, What's the word? Um, when you bring the guy off the IL, recalled off the IL. Oh, yeah, reactivated. Yeah, recalled. Reactivated. Yeah. There we go. Reactivated. Uh, Mike Clevenger off the IL. Yeah, the Robinson Cano I wrote for Just Baseball great website uh just a quick thing my reaction to robinson cano who was striking out more than ever and i tried to be fair i really did i I really did i tried to be fair and say lefty bat right he has experience right and could be a good clubhouse guy which in fairness to the padres for a team that reportedly had a lot of clubhouse turmoil not the worst move in the world to make the problem was literally some people got a little bit annoyed that I brought up Luis Campizano because he's it's different. He's not a second baseman. I know I get it. I'm just saying it's weird how many other players the Padres seem to be interested in, right? And which ones they call up and whatnot. Campizano is batting 700 or whatever the heck in AAA ball right now. And Austin Nola is getting like, you know, re- really good lineouts. I'll tell you the crisp lineouts. You know what I mean? Like JD really Davis, good lineouts. Same thing. Great lineout hitter. Uh, great lineouts. That, that, that's uh, that'd be a great stat. Who has the best lineouts in baseball? Yeah. I, but but it's funny that Robinson Cano has got to the point because it was the same thing at the end where the the few people that still were supporting Cano as a Met. We're talking about him as this clubhouse guy, and I'm like, how is the two time steroid uh, user? Suddenly, this clubhouse guy, like Robinson yeah, Cano, man. as a clubhouse guy, it's just never. I mean, not that he's ever been a bad clubhouse guy. I actually yeah. do think there is something to it. I think that players respect somebody that have had a career like Robinson Cano. I don't think that they are as sensitive to the steroid thing as maybe the media is. But at the same time, the guy was so washed. I went into this season thinking, yeah, he could be productive, and then I watched I him did. take ten at bats, yeah. and I'm like. I couldn't believe it. I remember we were sitting when we were at the uh that that no hitter uh, with me uh, me Peter and and, um, and Aram and we're watching him take at bats and in a game where the Phillies were no hit 
the most overmatched hitter was Robinson Cano. He looked <laughs> awful. I'm like, how much longer? And, and luckily, it was only like three or four days later that the Mets finally DFA'd him. So uh, I did have to bring up that that experience we both enjoyed, I guess, uh, this season. But I did want to talk about what these two teams need to do. I think for the Mets, we saw it yesterday against the Dodgers. They used Edwin Diaz in the eighth to face mm-hmm. off against the top of that Dodgers lineup. And then they send Seth Lugo on the ninth and he blows the game. Luckily, they, they get through it and they basically kind of got lucky with this guy, Adonis Medina, coming in um, and getting the job done. Not to take anything mm-hmm. away from him, but no one expects a rookie who's been kind of passed around the league to, to end up coming through like that. I think the Mets need to add to their bullpen and I think they have a, a, a clear need when it comes to that Robinson Cano DH spot. They still haven't really filled it. Uh, so those are the two areas that the Mets need to address at the deadline. What are you thinking as far as the Padres are concerned? First of all, I must say, is it a coincidence that, dare I say, in the ru- the words of Chris Rus- Mad Dog Russo, that the sex appeal team, the hype team in baseball this year, the New York Mets, that two of their best players are Puerto Rican? I do not think it is a coincidence. <laughs> Shout out Edwin Diaz and Lindor, of course. That's my last plug on them, I promise. For the Padres, it's tough because... They're in a little bit of a because I think that they're a good team, but there is a way in which this goes south and things catch up to them. I mentioned, I mean, you mentioned Profar, the only guy as a position player aside from Manny Machado. There is a route in which the situational hitting just stops falling their way. They could be the 2021 Mariners and just be the most clutch team in the league. That's possible. I don't want to discount that. They're clutch teams every year, but I do worry when you look at. Trent Grisham being one of the worst qualified outfielders basically since the second half of 2021. Ole Bellinger has been worse. Um, Maybe Michael A. Taylor. I don't know. But among the worst in the league, that they're kind of in a little bit of a hope and pray that Trent Grisham can give them something because they don't really have a lot of outfield depth on this team right now. I know that they have some prospects. I know that they have Robert Hassel, but he's not quite ready yet. And they're really, if you're just hoping that maybe the Padres call up Hassel or I don't know. I forgot what position James Wood is right now, but like if you're just banking on that, that's not the right way to go because then they brought, they call up CJ Abrams and he wasn't quite ready. Right. It's very rare that you're going to get these guys to come out for a team that needs production now and give you that production right now. I'd rather take my time with them. Right. Tatis is the exception before anyone brings that up. He's he's Um, I think that they're aiming for an outfield bat. I don't know which one I, I just, there was that fun trade that was floated before the season, the Will Myers for Jason Hayward trade, or no, 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 Will Myers for Jackie Bradley Jr., which would just give the Padres good defense in theory. Uh, and then it would, and then the other one was the Padres first baseman in exchange for Jason Hayward. Uh, both of those options, let me tell you, very interesting and very chaotic kind of fun. But for the Padres, I think that they're just praying that Grisham figures it out and that he can become an above average outfielder not even be a star. I think that they're kind of praying that that happens. Otherwise, I don't know what you do right now. Like, it's not like you can necessarily move uh, a lot of the pieces they have. You don't want to destroy the farm. Although I know Preller's begging. He's, he's getting antsy. He's like, Oh, there's too much depth here. I need to destroy it. I've been really crazy. I don't know what's going on with me. Um, But yeah, I think it's that. And then the bullpen. Although personally, I actually don't think that the bullpen for the Padres is in as dire need as the outfield depth as others, because they just got Adrian Morajon back. Maybe he's pitching in tonight's game or in yesterday night's game 
whenever everybody uh, listens to this, that can add to the bullpen. They've had Pierce Johnson and Tim Hill and uh, Drew Pomeranz out for a long time, right? They've had a lot of injuries to their bullpen, which I think has been a big piece of it. And not to mention, you can find some guys. Danny Jimenez, who I've never heard of before this year, out in Oakland. He's helping me in our Just Baseball Fantasy. Go and get him, probably for not too much, right? There's ways to fix the bullpen, and you have reinforcements coming in. I'm not too worried about that. But outfield bat, just I know everyone wants Benintendi. That'd be kind of cute. That'd be fun. I just, Ryan, it's been rough watching Trent Christian this year, man. He yeah. was the hope. He was the one. He was supposed to be the, the bounce back guy, and he has not been that lately. It's it's one of those things where you look up, and it's I, I think as much as these teams can address their rosters through trades, the biggest thing it's going to be getting healthy. Like the, the the names that are most important, it's getting Tatis back, getting Scherzer back, getting DeGrom back. If these teams get whole as far as their health is concerned, that's probably their best bet to go up against the Dodgers. And honestly, from just watching a series against the Dodgers, I almost think you might just have to kind of go into the playoffs and hope that you just get the better of them with your pitching matchups and 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 win it out that way because it is so hard to match what they have on paper. But I think that these are a few of the teams in the National League that have a good chance to, to actually compete with the Dodgers when we do get into October. It's been a lot of fun, as always, Javi, talking Mets Padres with you, talking about your Puerto Rican loves on the Mets, and, of course, <laughs> about uh, you know Eric Hosmer, who I'm still allowed to say his name. Why don't you tell my <laughs> listeners uh, where they can find your work? Uh, you could find me personally on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O for all sorts of fun stuff. But if you want exclusively Padres stuff, that's at L-O underscore Padres, uh, where I'll be live tweeting as the Padres shock the world and take down at least one game against the Mets. The Mets are really good, guys. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be out here being like, yeah, they're sweeping them or whatever. Like, they they have this edge to them. And ever since that Phillies back, it's just different. It's just different as someone who's who is in the New York metropolitan area in the lovely absurdist land is New Jersey. You can feel the vibes being a lot different with this team, but nonetheless, you can follow me on there and go check out just baseball, which I've alluded to twice, which both of us uh, contribute to uh, pretty frequently. So go check that out guys on Twitter at just BB media and the site. It's easy to remember. So that's awesome. That's right. And uh, for the Padres listeners, if I want to find my work, you can follow me on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan. You can follow the show at Locked On Mets. Find us wherever you listen or watch Locked On Padres. Thank you for making this your first listen today. Check out Locked On MLB with Paul Francis Sullivan, but we call him Sully. The stay today with everything going on in Major League Baseball for your second listen. Uh, you can follow Locked On MLB wherever you get podcasts.